Well, hi, everybody. I am so glad um, that you are back here at Women's Bible Study. Um, like I said, I'm Randy Wyman. I'm one of the Women's Bible Study teachers. This is my family. Um, that is my cute husband, Matt, and my McKinley, and my Mercy Bell. And um, I have not always been, this is going to shock you, but I have not always been the responsible Bible study teacher that you see up here today. And so I want you to um, go back with me to when I was in high school. And it was the summer before we were all going to college, and I was waitressing, and I have this terrible case of FOMOS. Have you guys heard of FOMO, fear of missing out? Well, for me, it's called FOMOS, fear of missing out on fun. Like, I'm never, if there's fun going on, I want to be there. And it, it really runs deep in me. And so I get this phone call when I'm waitressing, because this is before text messages and stuff. So I get off my shift, and I listen to a message, and it's like, Randy, all of our friends are going to Bomar Lake, which is this beautiful private lake in the middle of this neighborhood, backed up to the mountains in Colorado. And it's probably like 1130 at night. Meet us there. And I'm like, okay, great. So I drive across town to Bomar Lake, and I pull up, and it's, it's dark. I don't see any of my friends. But I walk up to the beach, and I see two police officers on the beach. And they have these flashlights, and they're pointing out at the water with their flashlights. And they're like, I know you guys are skinny dipping. Um, please get back to the shore immediately. You are trespassing. You've broken curfew. And you'll be getting tickets for a decent exposure. And one of me was like, oh, my. Thank the Lord I didn't get here 10 minutes ago. And then it's like, I'm missing out on the fun. And I don't see any of my friends. I figure there's kind of a dock. There it is, kind of like in the water. And I know they're probably all hiding behind the dock. But I see the police officer over here. They don't see me. I see this big pile of clothes over here. I'm like, I've got this. And so I run without seeing the police, grab their clothes. We're kind of somehow signaling and somehow, just miraculously, we, I run with the clothes to the other side of the lake. They swim to the other side of the lake. They get their clothes. We evade arrest, and all is good. And now you're like, why would this Looney Tunes start when and final study off with a story about skinny dipping? Wait for it. Um, who of you studied First Corinthians with us last year? Amazing. Okay. Well... If you did or if you didn't, the theme for 1 Corinthians was that our belief affects our behavior. And we implored you guys to, to stand out in the culture. And so each week as we came here, we learned, like, what is God's way? And then we implored you guys to actually live out God's way. And so many of you did, and it was awesome. But this year, or really last spring, we started praying through, Lord, what do you want to grow the women of Watermark Plano in this year? And he led us to the book of Psalms, which the book of Psalms is completely different than any other book in the Bible. And so I think of it this way. First Corinthians was like the, oh my goodness, you love Jesus. Don't skinny dip. Like put on their clothes. And Psalms is like, oh, you're spiritually naked. I mean, exposed. And, and that's, the difference. That's what we're going into. So Psalms, it is not this Christian go and do book. It's not a historical narrative that tells about a group of people. It's not an epistle or a letter written to a church. Psalms are 150 different Psalms written by many different authors in many different circumstances. 
And they are pouring their hearts out to the Lord. And so Psalms, they're written in the language of lyrical poetry. So that means like they use really big demonstrative language and, and these big illustrations. And Psalms were not written to be taken literally. We have to read them differently than we read other books of the Bible. The Lord made it that way. And so I'm sure almost every one of you guys has read a psalm before. They're kind of the easy, you're, you open your Bible, like, how can I spend five minutes with the Lord and just get some fast food, I'm going to love it, sort of thing. But how many of you guys has actually studied the psalms? Because the truth is, before this summer, I really hadn't. And now I can't get enough of them. So the curriculum that we're using this year is written by Dr. Sue Edwards. And she is this professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, and she's awesome. And you probably read this in your intro. But Dr. Edwards said that psalms are not God talking to man, but man talking to God. Okay, So all the other books of the Bible are God talking to man, but psalms are man talking to God. And so psalms, they teach us to bring all of our emotions to the Lord. All of them. Every bit of joy and sadness and grief and anger and every bit of it. The Psalms say, bring it to the Lord. Because I feel like as women, how the Lord knit us together, we just have a lot of feelings. And we feel this big spectrum of feelings in any given day. And I think we've had a lot of people tell us that they can't probably handle our feelings or that like our feelings are just too much for them. And so what do we do? We stuff our feelings and then we either emotionally vomit on someone or in trying to stuff our feelings, we eat or we drink or we overwork or we overwork out or we do all of these things in an effort to try and not feel. But here's the truth. Our feelings might very well be too much for other people to handle. But the great thing is, our feelings are never too much for God to handle. Never. They're never too much for God to handle. The Psalms show us that it actually worships the Lord to bring him all of our feelings. It worships the Lord to be spiritually exposed before him. Whatever it is, whatever feeling that you're experiencing, no, it worships the Lord to bring it to him. And that's what the Psalms do for us. They invite us into that spiritually exposed place. And then they remind us who God really is. The Psalms invite us to worship the Lord. And so what comes to mind when I talk about worship? I feel like in the American Christian church, We think, oh yeah, worship. That's the first 15 minutes of church on Sunday where we sing praise songs, like maybe have your hands lifted, and like that's worship. But sisters, worship is so much more than that. Worship is displaying the worth of God with our whole lives. When we worship the Lord, we display his worth with our whole lives. But we have to ask ourselves, like, why? Why don't we worship the Lord with our whole lives? 
And in our curriculum, Dr. Edwards calls them roadblocks to worship. Like the things that get in the way from us really worshiping the Lord with our whole lives. And so maybe your roadblock to worshiping the Lord is discouragement. You're like, my life is just so hard. There's so much tough stuff going on that I can't worship God in my whole life. Or maybe it's busyness. Maybe your life is just so busy. And it's busy maybe with wonderful things. But you just don't have time to worship the Lord because you're so busy. Maybe, though, it's sin. Maybe you've got some really hard stuff that you are wrestling with. And you can't worship the Lord because you're worshiping other things. Maybe, though, it's distractions. You really, you really do want to worship the Lord with your whole life. But then there's Facebook and Instagram and Netflix. And there's all those things that get in our way and they distract us. Maybe, though, it's unforgiveness. Maybe you have bitterness and anger so wrapped up in your heart that you can't worship the Lord. Maybe, though, it's just your selfishness. My selfishness. I can't make my life all about God because it's actually all about me and my comfort. But maybe, maybe it's that we don't trust God. Because other people that you thought you could trust kind of burned your trust. Or life hasn't turned out the way that you thought it should. So you're having a really hard time trusting God. Or just maybe, what I think is the biggest roadblock to worship is that we have a far too small view of God. We don't see Him for who He really is. And y'all... These roadblocks, they just make us feel trapped. And instead of worshiping the Lord with our whole lives, we just kind of survive our life and then we sing some praise songs on Sunday morning. And guess what? God made us for so much more. We were made to worship the one who made us. We were made to break through these roadblocks. Seriously. We were made to break through the roadblocks. Y'all, God has the power to redeem anything that is going on in your life. No matter how far gone your marriage is or your addiction is, He has the power. No matter how big the sin is in your life, He has the mercy to forgive it. No matter how selfish you are, the Lord gave his life for you. Right? No matter what unforgiveness that you are harboring, God is just. Let him take care of the sins of others. If you're having a hard time trusting God, know that he is so good. And he cares so much about you. He is sovereign over all of it. He is trustworthy. Y'all, he loves you more than you could possibly even fathom. See, we break through the roadblocks of worship by looking up at who God truly is. 
Because when we even for just a second begin to gaze at God's glory, we stop focusing on all of the things that have gotten in our way. We need to have this big view of God. And so that is why our theme this year, this semester for Psalms, is look up and worship. Look up and worship. And the U and the P for up, the U stands for understand who God truly is. And the P is for participate in declaring who God truly is. See, when we understand who God truly is, all we will want to do is participate in declaring who He is. And that's looking up in worship. See, from the beginning of time, God made us. He made us to know Him. We can't display His worth. We can't worship Him if we don't know Him. Jen Wilkins, she said... The heart cannot love what the mind does not know. The heart cannot love what the mind doesn't know. And so as we study Psalms, I want you to take note of what are you learning about God's character. What are you learning about Him? What attribute of God is the psalmist describing? Before you jump to the, how does this apply to my life? Sit in the place of what does this show me about God? In your small groups, you're going to be getting an attributes of God sheet that can fit right in your psalm study. And as you read the psalm, look over, say, God, what is it you want me to learn about you? Because the goal isn't to just get through our curriculum and show up on Wednesday morning. The goal is to understand who God truly is. And so if you did your lesson for this week, you realize that our curriculum is a little bit different than Bible studies we've done in the past. And you're like, wow, the lessons are longer. Am I ever going to be able to get through this? And y'all, that is on purpose. Hey, you know why? It is written so that you, me, us, will actually spend time with the Lord every single day. Instead of on Tuesdays just trying to scramble to finish our lesson... This helps us to abide daily with the Lord. And so I encourage you guys, there's these little green sections. Do one green section a day. That's all. It'll be the perfect way for you to spend time with the Lord each day. Read the psalm. Do a green section. And I know that it takes time, but it is time well spent. I want you to look to your neighbor and say, it is worth it. It is absolutely worth it to spend time with the Lord every day. And because we're doing this, y'all, our goal is to more fully understand who God is. We're coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about the Lord. And so every week we're going to ask you guys to memorize a Bible verse with us. I know, this is going to be so good. One verse a semester, and our verse this semester is so easy. It's Psalm 86.10. And it says, we're going to memorize it in NIV. It says, for you are great, and you do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Let that be the anthem of our hearts. You are great, and you do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. 
But this week, we had you guys read Psalm 29 if you did your curriculum. And so, quickly, I want us to just dig in and see what can we learn about the Lord to understand him more fully from Psalm 29. So Psalm 29, it is a Psalm of David. And he probably wrote it as he watched a storm kind of go over his land. And if you have your Bible, if you're opened up to Psalm 29, this is a call to worship. So I have above Psalm 29 in my Bible, a call to worship. And I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 while y'all are getting it. It says, Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory do his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Ascribe. That means to honor, to acknowledge, to attribute. Like let's give God the glory and splendor do his name. David is calling us to worship. And if you were reading this, you would notice that there's one word that in 11 verses is used 18 times. And that word is Lord. In the Hebrew, it's Yahweh. So 18 times, David is reminding us, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about Yahweh. And he goes on in verses 3 through 9 to talk about what the voice of the Lord does. And he says that the voice of the Lord is over the waters. And the voice of the Lord is majestic and powerful. And the voice of the Lord breaks the highest cedars on top of the highest mountains. The voice of the Lord makes the mountains act like young calves. It's dominant over it. It strikes like lightning. It shakes the desert. It twists the trees, and it makes the forest bare. Y'all, that is God's power over creation. You read that, and it's like, God, he is our creator. His voice was what breathed the whole universe into existence. And David's saying, at any point in time, it is God's voice that could eliminate or change it. God is our creator And God is powerful. And so the attribute of God that God's power is explained is is that God is omnipotent. To be omnipotent means that God holds all power. That nothing is too hard for God. What he wills, he can accomplish. God is omnipotent. He is powerful. He's our creator. But in Psalm 29, after David, he just declares the power of Yahweh. He could have so easily, I feel like, stopped the psalm there. You know, mic drop, God's power, done. But he doesn't. In verse 10 of Psalm 29, it reads, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. 
So I read that, y'all. I'm like, yes, God is powerful over all of it. But he is also present in every bit of it. So think of what a flood is. A flood, they kind of come out of nowhere. They're unexpected. They cause major damage. They're life-altering. God's like, and I'm present in that. And I know, I know that some of you right now are in a flood. And you are just reaching for a life preserver. But read this, y'all, and know that the creator of the universe sees you. He is king. He's got you. He is powerful, and he is present. He is creator, and he is king. That's what I learned about God in Psalm 29. Because when we understand more of who he is, all we're going to want to do is declare who he is. That's the P of up. That we would participate in declaring who God is. In verse 9 of Psalm 29, it says, After seeing, they've just seen the power in, in God's voice. The end of verse 9 reads, And in his temple all cry glory. See, when, when he saw the power and the majesty of the Lord... The only thing that they could do is just cry glory. So I want you to think about a time maybe in your life when all you could do was step back and be like, glory. Maybe it was standing on the top of a mountain and just seeing the expanse of God's creation or you're at the edge of the beach and you're like, only God could create all of that. Or for me, it was the first time that I held my sweet mercy bell in my arms because she was the never ever supposed to happen little miracle and all I could do was be like glory Lord but see when we get a glimpse of God's glory it will elicit a response in us it will cause us to worship when we see his glory but remember y'all that worship is displaying the worth of God with our whole lives So you guys, it worships the Lord to ask him how you should spend your time. It worships the Lord to say no to ten things so that you can say yes to one thing that honors him. It worships the Lord to not respond to your children and your husband in a way that you think they deserve. It it worships the Lord to work at your job with all of your heart as though working for God and not for other people. That worships the Lord. It worships the Lord to love other people deeply. And it worships the Lord to trust him even when things are so uncertain. The Lord's teaching me this right now as we're trusting God with the adoption of our next child. I'm learning to worship him while I wait. We worship the Lord when we choose to spend time with him every day. See, we want you guys to so deeply understand who God is that we see God's glory in everything. And when we see his glory in everything, it's going to cause us to worship him with every breath we have and every move that we make. That we would actually live a life of worship. And so as we study the Psalms, let's promise to be spiritually exposed before the Lord. Hold nothing back. 
He created you. He wants you to go to him with everything. And then let your small group and your community be the place that you break through these roadblocks. Be honest about whatever it is that's holding you back from living a life of worship. Let's look up at him. Let's live a life of worship. And so we're going to have you guys right now watch the music video of Lauren Daigle's song, Look Up Child. It's kind of our anthem for this semester. Hey, you might need to just put it on and listen to it to get you and remind you to look up. Lord, I pray we would train our eyes and our hearts to do just that. 
Lord, I pray every minute that we spend in the Psalms and with each other, Lord, we would just become more in awe of who you are and that it would cause us to want to worship you with every breath we have. So, Lord, thank you for Women's Bible Study. Thank you for these women that you have brought here, Lord. Make us look more like you. We love you. Amen.